rambling in Havana I took a little risk Send lawyers, guns and money Dead, get me out of this Welcome everyone to episode 41 of the Matt Jones podcast here on a uh, well, on a nice nice Thursday. We are leaving Ryan Lemon, Drew Franklin and I are leaving well, I'm leaving Friday. They're leaving Sunday for the Democratic or excuse me, Republican convention in Cleveland and then heading to the Democratic convention in Philadelphia. So we are uh, very excited about that. A little nervous, I have to say. I feel like they're they're both going to be kind of spectacles, but should be a good time, and we both, uh, you know, it's a new experience for all of us. We've never done it, and should be something else. While we're gone there, by the way, we are going to uh, do a podcast, if not every day, almost every day from there. The three of us kind of talking about what's going on. We might do it during some of the speeches or all that. So it should be cool, and we'll put all those on this feed here on the Matt Jones Podcast. It'll be kind of a different thing. Uh, next in the, over the next couple weeks. This is episode 51, and for uh, for this episode, we got a couple different things. Number one, we're going to start with Romel Bradley. Big, uh, smooth Romel Bradley, one of my favorite players to ever wear the uniform at Kentucky. Got to know him uh, a little bit when, when I did. I, I, I sort of ran the autograph tour when he graduated, and then over time, uh, followed his career. Nice guy. He's playing, of course, in the tournament. You've probably read about that, where uh, all the guys are, are going to be playing for a million bucks, a group of former Kentucky players. So we're going to talk to him about that. And then the second part of the show, I'm going to bring on two KSR writers, Freddie Maggard and Nick Roush, to talk about uh, SEC Media Day, which is a big circus that they both attended. The KSR went for the first time, so we'll talk about that. But before we get to all that, let me get going with touchofmodern.com. Touch of Modern, you know, we do all these ads, and you're probably like, Matt, stop talking about this stuff. But Touch of Modern, I guarantee, I don't care who is listening to this right now. You could be 17, you could be 70, or 98. You can find something at touchofmodern.com that you like. And if you get the app, you can just scroll, and I challenge you to go through there and not see something you would want. They have all kinds of cool gadgets, gear. Uh, you know, I've bought uh, various shirts. I've bought a painting. I've bought a sculpture. i bought uh, underwear. I've bought everything at touchofmodern.com, and you can too. Draw-dropping tech gadgets, gear, iPhone cases, whatever you want. Go to touchofmodern.com, and you can get a deal that you will really enjoy. They'll deliver it right to your house. I guarantee you you'll find something you enjoy. Go check it out at touchofmodern.com. And with that, why don't we give a call to a name from the past, a good friend of ours, Romel Bradley. All right, now happy to be joined on the phone by a name from the past, but one of, I think, fans' favorite players, best personalities to ever wear the U.K. uniform, Romel Smooth Bradley. Romel, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, and that was a great introduction about well, I mean, it's true. I, listen, I, sometimes we, you know, we look for topics on the radio, and I and one of the topics uh-huh. always is like best personality to play at, at UK. You're you're in uh-huh. that conversation. It always seemed like you really like to be loud and jovial and interact with fans. Am I right about that? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not often that you could just be yourself. You know, a lot of times I go a lot of places. I gotta act to be. I gotta act like this. I gotta act like that. The fans, I feel like the fans just love me for me being who I am and 
I love them back for the same reason. Well, I, I want to go back and, and, and go back to when you came to Kentucky. You came to Kentucky, you know, now with John Calipari here, people are used to these, like, power recruiting classes where every year you bring in, you know, four great players. But you were part of one back when Kentucky didn't do that all the time with Rondo, Crawford, and Randolph. How did that class come together, and what made you decide to come to Lexington? Well, to be completely honest, when I decided to come to Lexington, it was after the uh, visit. Chubby Smith came out and visited my home, and I was just very comfortable with him, and my family was comfortable with him, and, and you know, and trusted in him, me to come down and be away from home for four years. And after that meeting is when I decided, I was like, you know what, okay, I'm going to come down. Because before that, I never really wanted to go to a really big university. I wanted to go to a little school and and just score a lot of points on the big guys. Where where were you thinking about going before that? I'm a New York City kid. I wanted to stay home, play in Madison Square Garden, be on the East Coast. But you know, God has a plan. Well, let me ask you. I mean, you're from Brooklyn, and you let everybody know that. I mean, when you and I spent that tour together, you probably said the word Brooklyn 30 times a day in some form. How does a dude... Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. That, that's exactly right. How does a dude from Brooklyn end up like I mean Lexington that I mean did you that's got to be such a huge change right it's it's a very huge change but it's it's easy I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with um it's this one song by Frank Sinatra and in in the song he says if you can make it here you can make it of course listen you act like I'm from like I'm not first of all and and, and Jay-Z said that as well let's not (laughs) let's not forget that all right I got you (laughs) I'm joking with you I'm joking. Okay, well, but I didn't yeah, know. I was like, you after, back. After, after growing up, I, I grew up in, in a very diverse neighborhood around, you know, different multi-cultures and all of these things. So coming to Kentucky and the people here in the Southern hospitality, it was actually a lot easier than being in New York City where everybody's just mean and rude and <laughs> walking fast. <laughs> That's true. Although I have to tell you, I, I, I now go – I don't know if, I, if I've told you this. I go to Brooklyn quite a bit because my mom goes to the Brooklyn Tabernacle a lot. And uh, I, I think of yeah. you – I think of you every single time I go. But it's not the same Brooklyn it was when you were a kid, is it? Oh, oh no, it's not the same. Well, in, my, in, in a lot of neighborhoods, it's the same, perhaps even worse. Where I'm from in Brooklyn, uh, my neighborhood is being – pretty much gentrified Ooh. and i mean I, I i feel i feel good in bad ways about it but you know i can't control what happens this change is inevitable yeah i still love where i'm from hey by the way do me a little favor and, and make sure you talk in the phone your voice it's hard to get your volume up just so just so you know but uh, okay. I, I want people to be able to hear you um all right, so you come to Kentucky, that class. I want to ask you. Now, Now this is a podcast, so, Ramel, you're going to be real with me, right? You're going to be real. Okay. I know you and Joe and Randolph were very close. But talk to me uh-huh. about talk to me about about Rondo. I, I, Rondo's a kid as a dude. I've never really been able to fully understand. Sometimes I felt uh-huh. like he just was not a guy I liked, and then sometimes I see him working with kids, and he seems like the greatest guy. What's your take on Rondo? My take on Rondo, I love him. I love him so much. I feel like playing with him, he made me a better player. But the thing about Rondo is he was really focused. He came into UK on, on a mission, and 
he didn't he didn't waste a lot of his free time, you know, being social. He was he studied the game, and he's just real focused, you know. And when a person is that driven, I mean, some people are gonna like you, some people are not gonna like you, but. I always respected him for that. You know, I always liked that he came to your and Joe's senior day. I always thought that was a really uh, – Yeah, yeah, that was a surprise for me, yeah. Yeah, it was a surprise for me too. I, I and, and I could tell, Ramel, that that really meant something to you. Am I right about that? Oh, it really it really did because, I mean, when we when we came in together, we were freshmen. We played two, two seasons together. But as you go away on your own life journey – and you realize, you know, wow, I spent that time with this guy. Oh, they influenced me in this way. And then to see him again after a couple years, it, you know, it just makes everything feel like it was worth it. Because at the end of the day, he, he'll be a part of my life forever. And for him to show up, you know, with his guys, we stayed four years. He was there for two years. So in a way, maybe for him, he he wanted to live that moment with us. And he lived it through us. And I was, it was a good surprise for me that he came. I, I, I'm glad to hear that. All right, talk to me about your, about Tubby. You played three three years for Tubby. What was that like? Uh, do you still do you still talk to him at all? No, I haven't. I haven't spoken to Coach Smith in a, in a very long time. I haven't spoken to him in a while. Maybe since a bit since um, I want to say we had a meeting when he when he told us that he was going to be leaving and he wasn't going to be coaching at Kentucky. And um, ever since then, I haven't. Well, that really makes me sad. That like makes that. me sad because I loved your all's interactions. I mean, I love like uh-huh. he like you were kind of like the the kid who kind of goofed not goofed off, but was a little bit of a troublemaker in a good way. And he, you could tell he really liked you, though. I mean, I, that makes me sad that that hadn't happened. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Coach uh, Coach Smith was a I wouldn't say a, a father figure, which he was. More like a grandfather figure, okay. and it was it, that, that, and it, it was a it was a bit of a rocky situation because, you know, with my with my grandmother, she can tell me things and and I can say things to her, but there's a disconnect because of you know all of the time. So a lot of time we couldn't really communicate with each other as well as I would like to. But I have nothing but the mo- most respect for him and. And I mean, I love I love Coach Smith. At the end of the day, now in your senior year, it was really strange. Okay, he leaves, and Billy Gillespie comes in, and 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 I, right. you know, Billy obviously it didn't work out here, and but uh, I, you tell me if I'm wrong. I got the sense from you that at first you didn't really like it, but that by the end you kind of did. Am I wrong about that? What 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 would you, how would you describe your time with Billy? Well, it wasn't that I didn't like Gillespie. It was, the thing was, you know, me and Joe were going into our senior year. I, the four years that we spent at UK was not easy for us. Yes. You know, we had to really work and fight and scratch and for everything we got. And, and our image that was portrayed of us wasn't the best. So when we had to go through this whole new brand new change and new coaching staff and it was just a lot on me personally to have to go through this change. Whereas I'm a senior, I felt like I should have been respected more. I knew how things work, but you know, I had to just go through this whole complete new change. Did you be- go ahead? At the beginning for me, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy to go through a change like that. But over the course of time and all of the torture that I that I went through. <laughs> 
with Coach G, <laughs> at the end of the day, it just made me a strong. Yeah, it made me a stronger player. I don't think I've ever played for another team or been to a place where it was as grueling as far as basketball being on the court. So that experience just it made me a stronger person. And yeah, that's exactly what it did. Did so you I, get I, a I, sense I during that year, Ramel? I mean. I have to tell you, it was probably the first game of the next year that, in my mind, I thought Billy's not going to work at Kentucky. Did you get a sense during that year, like, this just isn't going to fit, or did you think it could work out? At that time, I was so locked I was so locked in. I mean, it doesn't really matter what was going on. Like, I'm, I represent the University of Kentucky when I was there and still do now. So – Whatever happened that wasn't good, my mind was still focused. It's going to get better. Yeah. Things are going to turn around. I stayed positive throughout that whole time. Do you have everybody? With the help of my my brother. With the help of my brother a lot of times because if I don't have Joe on that team, Lord knows. knows. (laughs) It seemed like Joe had, like, Joe really got kind of close to him at the end, didn't he? I remember on the tour, Joe would give those speeches about him and seemed to really like him. I mean, you know, I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. The toughest thing that you went through in your life, like when you go through something very tough, if you don't learn from it and take some kind of love or positivity from it, then you didn't really learn all That's that true. you could. That's true. And we went through a lot. And, and at the end of the day, Gillespie made us stronger mentally, physically. He made us tougher through all of the things that we had to go through. And if I see him today, I give him a hug and tell him thank you. That's awesome. All right, so I got to ask you. You remember the? You remember our tour? I had a lot of fun with you guys those few weeks. But I want uh-huh. a, cu- a couple of my memories. All right, these are the things I remember. First of all, uh, there's three things that stick out. Number one, I loved when we were driving to some of those spots. You'd be in my car rapping because you had just put out your CD, and Wukash uh-huh. didn't want to hear you rap, and he would tell you to stop. And the two of you fighting about you rapping. Was awesome. I loved listening to you and Wu. Wu, you know what? We were just talking about Wu earlier because we played the scrimmage game last night, and we only had five or six players. But if we would, if we would have realized that he was right there in Louisville, we'd have had him come out. But Wu is the big fella. You know, the big fella took on the little guys, and we took on them. It's all good. I, I love Wu. Wu's one of my favorite people. Then the second thing was how nasty Joe Crawford's feet were. He had the nastiest feet, and he would always clip his toenails in my car. <laughs> hey, Joe got an old soul. Joe got an old soul, and he don't really care. He won't be comfortable where he's at. And that's my guy. If he, if he, we were roommates for a long time, so you can only imagine – all the stuff I had to deal with in there. Dude, he's not only got an old soul, he's got old-ass feet, too, because they were disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third thing was the game in Perry County. Ramel, you scored 100. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that game. I ain't going to never forget that game. Have you ever been that it's hot before? Crazy. Never. Never. That was the first and the last time. That was that was great. You were playing against high school kids. My favorite thing about you, you're playing against high school kids, and you score 100, and you just talk shit the entire time, Ramel. You're looking at these mountain high school kids and scoring on them and just letting them go. It was hilarious. Hey, it don't, if I was playing against little kids, it ain't easy to score 100 points. No, it's I, not. I, 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 I got will. 
I broke Will. I had to talk. I had to talk trash during that during that game. And and one of the things I liked about you, I always loved your competitiveness at UK and elsewhere. And we played in one of those games. If you remember, we played against a group of guys who went to Marshall. Do you remember that? And and uh-huh. and we lost. You guys lost. Now part of it was there was only four of you, and we had one of the female players playing. But it was a close game. We lost, uh-huh. and you were mad. Like you were mad. We lost. You just don't like to lose. Nah, I don't like to lose, and I don't like because I mean when we played for we was at Kentucky and everybody hate us because we because we play here because we come from the best so everybody want to give us their best shot and I'm just not trying to hear that I'm t- I'm taking all of the challenges I'm taking all the challenges if you think you you got something on Kentucky then you're gonna have to deal with it now let's talk about what you've done since you've played. Well, where all have you played? I know you played for a long time in Israel. I don't know where are you now, and where all have you played? I was I was three seasons in Israel. I was three seasons in Turkey, one season in France, and one season in Croatia. Well, and are you? Do you know what you're doing next year? Uh, I'm not certain as to what I'm doing. I'm gonna give it some time and focus on being back with my brothers. And after this whole experience is over, then I'll probably start. Start looking. What is it like for Smooth in Israel? I mean, what is Ramel Bradley in Israel, or even or any of those other countries? What What's it like? Did you? I mean, it seems like to me you're the kind of person wherever you are, you're going to make it fun. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I've been to a couple of different places, and every city that I played in, the fans always treated me with a lot of love, and I mean, they kept me safe, they fed me, and they supported me. And, um, I mean, playing overseas is just a great experience that a lot of people are not fortunate enough to have, and I'm just really grateful to be able to continue play this long. When you were in Israel, you and I talked about this once. You know, the threat, something that's happening more in America, the sort of constant threat of terrorism, was something people in, mm-hmm. Israel, in Israel live with every single day. Right, Talk right. to me about what that's like when you're over there. You know, I tell you, I tell you something, Matt. I've been having a lot of conversations being back with my brothers this last couple of days, but I was actually I was in Turkey this last past season. I was in Turkey for five months, and then I was also in Israel for five months. And it was like the worst attack ever in Turkey. Ninety nine people passed. Oh, you were there for that? And yeah, I was right. I, I was actually just playing in the arena right next door to where you know the terrible. Attack happened. Wow. And and then I was in Israel, and I was at a restaurant eating, and a couple days after that, two terrorists came in and shot the whole place up, killed about 24 people, women, children. Didn't matter. You know, and I've been back home for about a week and a half, and the craziness happened in Orlando. Craziness happened with the police, you know, killing black people. I'm at a point now in my life where... If I'm not spending all my time with my family and I'm not at home, I really don't feel safe anywhere. The world is like, it's chaos going on right now. And all I can do is pray and stay around the people that I love, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, is it, I mean, did you, when you're in Turkey, that's interesting you say you don't feel safe anywhere. I'm sure there's at least a little more safety but in America. But when you were over there, was it, were you constantly nervous or do you just sort of try not to think about it? No, I mean, Israel is a very safe place. It's okay. a very small country, and 
a lot of people want to do harm to Israel. So it's not really easy for these things to happen, gotcha. to occur. And while I'm there, I feel pretty safe. And this beach, is it's always beach weather. There's a beach in every city. So it's pretty relaxed. But at the end of the day, still, I have to maintain this open-mindedness. There's a lot of people that want to do a lot of harm. So I just try to go to my places and get back to my home where, where I'm comfortable and I'm safe. Well, I'll tell you, you what, I'll... During that time, I would notice I couldn't get on your Facebook without there being 25 Israeli women saying, hey, Ramel, where are you at tonight, blah, blah, And it made me realize <laughs> nothing has changed for Ramel. I don't care what country he is, he's in. He's going to have all these women blowing him up, asking what he's going to do. You know what, man? My last past, this last past year, I've been, I've been dating like a grown man. You know, I've been... That was that was the college me. Oh, really? I'm a grown man now. Can you hear it in my voice? Can I can. You, can you yeah. So, so you're are, are you are you we in a serious relationship? Is there someone special? You know, it's no one. It's no one right now. It's no one. I'm just working on myself right now. Okay. All right. I got you. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. Do you remember? I, I don't know what made me think of this, but do you remember the day when when we thought we were going to get to play? against then-candidate, now-President Obama. Do you remember that? And we all, like... Oh, man, I was so disappointed about that. Me, too. Me, too. I think about that a lot. Like, I mean, and they canceled it right before. But you, I remember you were so excited. Like, part, I've told that story before. You, you and Wu were in the car with me, and Wu was talking about growing up in Poland, and you were talking about growing up in Brooklyn, and you guys were like, the notion that we could play with the potential future president, and it just sucked that it fell through. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be gone pretty soon. And I just pray to God that Trump is not elected. <laughs> I see. But, I, love, uh, you I know, know you. You. you, know you what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. Uh, one of my best friends, closest friends, was coached at Villanova. Yes. And they just won, and he got a chance to meet the president. He was at the White House. Uh, I want to say maybe a couple weeks ago. So. To me, I met the president. My boy met him. I met him. I was celebrating that. I'll tell you what, when you when you get back for good one of these days, uh, we'll see what we can do to make that happen. Let me ask you uh, let me ask you a question about this the the tournament. Okay. So you you mentioned that you're playing you're back with your brothers. How cool has that been as you guys get ready for this tournament to be back with them practicing playing, et cetera? Super dope. Super dope. I mean, we've been going out here eating. The fans, the fans been treating us like we never left. And this facility that we've been training at—it's amazing, isn't it? It is unreal. It is unreal. And I and I I played at uh, IMG Academy is uh, international sports school in Florida. Yes, top of the line, everything. And this place really reminds me of that. What, what is the name it's, of it? It's, so it's up there in northern Kentucky. What's the name of it? Yes, yeah, it's called Griffin Elite. Okay, I've Griffin heard it's Elite. amazing. Yeah, every, it's sick. I was in. We would, we were doing a little the cryo thing today, on a little recovery, and that was so dope. I always wanted to do that. So you know, I was on my Snapchat going crazy and everything. What is your Snapchat? I'm gonna get you some new followers. What's your Snapchat? Mister February three on my Snapchat. Mister February three on my Instagram. Dream Smooth on my Twitter. Mister February Smooth Bradley on my Facebook. Okay, hang on. Smooth Bradley on Twitter, right? Isn't that right? Uh, on Twitter, Dream Smooth. Dream Smooth. And what did you say, Mr. February 3? 
Mr. February, and then number three huh. is my okay. Snapchat and my Instagram. All right, I'm going to follow you on the, the Snapchat. How's my guy? All right, talk to me about Joe. What's Joe up? How's Joe doing? He's a guy we don't hear from a lot. You know something? Hold, hold on one second. <laughs> what up, Doug? What's going on, Joe Crawford? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Well, I'll ask. I will ask you. Uh, can what I, can I get? My, can I get my uh, Instagram? You give whatever you want. That's up? that's exactly right. Go for it. Hold on. Let me uh, check my handles. Fago underscore Joe on Instagram. Fago. How do you spell that? How do you spell that? F F A Y G O underscore Joe. Okay. And what's the other one? And it's Billy Joe on uh, Snapchat. Perfect. What are, you, what are you up to now? We, I was telling we now I don't we never we don't hear from you as much. What's going on? Y'all don't hear from me as much. I've hey, I've been all around the world. I know. That's what I want to know. Where? I've been. Uh, well, I don't know if y'all. Well, I was out in uh, Israel playing with Romel probably a couple years back, and uh, then after that. Uh, I was in the D League. That's when I well I remember before that. the D League. I tore my yeah, I tore my I tore my knee in uh, Israel, and it took me probably about a year or two to come back from that. And and I went to the D League, and uh, that was about last year. Uh, I got a chance to play against Deron Lamb and uh, Marcus T. I remember that, yeah. But by the, by that time, I think it was time for me to stop. I couldn't take the travel and all those things on my knees and things like that. Well, uh, Romel and I were talking about the uh, tour we did after he graduated, and I was telling him one of my memories of it is you would clip your toenails in my car and your feet, hey. you'd pull them out. Hey, why? <laughs> why you had to put me out there on air like that, man? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was right next to Romel. I was laughing. No, seriously. like It's really good to talk to you. I, I miss you guys. I had a lot of fun during that whole time. And uh, what, if I gave you, what's your biggest memory of your time at UK? My biggest memory is hanging out with my brother uh, Ramel in the lives during the games and just, you know, grinding and having the best college years ever. Yeah, well, good. Well, listen, it's very good to talk to you. Uh, good luck with this tournament. You guys going to win? Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to go out there with the mindset to win. That's, That's the most important thing. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, uh, what's, what's Derek Anderson like as a coach? He's actually a great coach. You know, he's he's put in some uh, great uh, offensive sets, and, you know, he trusts our uh, knowledge of basketball and puts us in good positions to be successful. I was wondering how long he's thought about being a coach because, he's you know, he's quite natural at it. Yes, he is. I've always wondered why he didn't do it. I know he worked a little bit one summer with the Harrison Twins, et cetera, so maybe, he, maybe he'll do it one day. Joe, good to talk to you. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe he will. Yeah, it is good talking to you. I feel like I'm I'm home on the air. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let me say bye to Ramel as well. I appreciate it. Uh, Yo, Matt. Hello? Yeah, hey, I know you got stuff to do. I want uh, – thank you for taking the time. When is your all's first game? The first game is on Saturday. I'm not certain the time yet. Okay. But I'll, um, I'll have our GM, Mark Krebs, hit you up with all the info so you could – so you can stay in touch with us. Perfect. Ramel, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. It's good yeah. chatting with you. I'm, I'm as good hearing from you. Talk to you later.
All right. Uh, thanks very much to our man Ramel for 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 joining us there. I thought that was a really cool interview, and I didn't even expect Joe to show up, and then he did. So that was awesome. Uh, before I get to our other folks, hey, hang on just a second, Freddie, do me a favor. Somebody's got their TV on. Will you turn that off? Oh, I think it's the sand in the background. Maybe it's the sand. No, I mean, sand. I hear television. Oh, not me then. <laughs> Freddie, no, I, mine's off too. Oh, all right. Well, then never mind. I thought I heard a television, but I guess not. So there you go. I'm just going to leave this in just to show you what we have to try to deal with. I thought I heard a television. I must be hearing things in my ear. I know that somebody listening to this heard a television, but in case they didn't, ZipRecruiter.com. If you're hiring and you want to find a place to post your job or find the best candidates, go to ZipRecruiter.com. Don't do like I've done before. Put up an ad like on Craigslist or Buy Classified or even uh, on a website. ZipRecruiter has 100 job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. And if you're actually looking for a way to, uh, to, to, to find a job, think about ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter has candidates in any city or industry nationwide. It's ZipRecruiter.com. They'll, they'll screen the candidates. They'll rate them. It'll make it to where you can do everything easily. That's why 800,000 businesses, including KSR, have used ZipRecruiter.com. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. If you use that, then you don't have to pay well, I mean, it's by its words, free trial. So, joining us now on the phone in our second uh, segment here, SEC Media Days was this week, which is a circus. And it's a circus I've not even been to, but I, we sent two folks down there, our two football correspondents, Freddie Maggard and uh, Nick Roush. And I'll start with you, Freddie. You've been like a big uh, – you've wanted to do this for a long time. Was it as good as you had hoped? It exceeded any expectation I had, Matt. Uh, it, the SEC flexed its collective muscles to show the rest of college football uh, who the king was. And the kings in Birmingham or Hoover uh, in that whole geographical area is football. And then when Alabama got there, they even flexed their muscles more so. But uh, it was a great time hearing the coaches. Not a lot of earth-shattering news came out of it. Uh, other than maybe Kentucky talking uh, smart students saying that Jordan Bonner wouldn't report to August. That was the only real personnel news. I went into this whole thing uh, wanting to, to talk about and ask about suspension season because you had Auburn, Ole Miss, Alabama with the fine bomb with you on the show with him and the Mississippi State debacle. I think that was the overlying themes of SEC Media Days 2016. Let me ask you a question, though, just before we get to specifics. Was it? Is it just cool? Like, and did you guys? Well, I'll ask Nick in a second. Was it just cool? Like, it looks like a cool setup. All the coaches, oh, like yeah. you've got access to them. Is that? Is that? Am I right about that? It's cool from the first time when you first walk in the lobby. You got all these crazy fans, and, and that's cool. Then you go upstairs and you bump into Gus Malzahn, and then you see these just enormous football players that you see every Saturday playing, and they're just walking around interviewing. The interaction is free, uh, and it's just a very cool, uh, for me, an incredibly awesome event. And everybody was asking about you, Matt. I mean, it, a no. lot of people asked me where you were at. First they wanted to see you down there. Nobody was asking you where I was, because that's football no, people. They no, don't know were, who I am. Nobody was asking. Finebaum may have asked. Can, that was it. 
No, you can ask Nick. There were several people asked. Uh, the news, the, the radio guy from Columbia, South Carolina, interviewed me yesterday and asked me where you were at. He wished that you were there. So that, that gave me a lot of confidence going into the radio interview. But uh, <laughs> he said he wished you were there because you were bluntly honest. And then he said, well, how are you on the radio? I said, well, I am uh, equally as bluntly honest. And, and if you can't play dead in the Western, I'm going to say you can't play dead in the Western. And I don't think South Carolina can play dead in the Western. Well, there so you go. I didn't make a lot of Gamecock fans yesterday. Well, that's all right. Well, Nick, you mentioned – Nick, you mentioned uh, – uh, on Twitter that Freddie was on every radio show in the country during that time. Am I right? Was he like Mr. Popularity oh. walking through there? Oh, I mean, <laughs> Radio Row, they just had like a Freddie flag out. He was just alternating, taking turns. It was crazy. <laughs> and it, Freddie was a celebrity. Stingray Steve was a celebrity. Nick Saban oh. was. It was kind of It was kind of weird to see all these super fans in one room, but then you have the super media members, and then you've got the coaches and the players, and there's cameras everywhere, flashes, um, and then on Alabama Day, lots of roll ties. So, Nick, I mean, I, it, it has always felt to me like, you know, SEC Media Day is this huge thing for all the SEC people, but Alabama people are a specific type of insane. Am I correct about that? You know – I've been to the Big Blue Madness camp out, and it isn't even close to the insanity that I saw in the lobby on Wednesday. I mean, you had the ring guy, the, the guy that wears the ring hat. He was there all week and just was hanging out, enjoying himself. There were lots of jean shorts, but there were also people <laughs> telling me that they would give me money. They, they said I could make some money renting out my media pass so they could run around upstairs. It was and it was all in a room that was the size of a high school classroom. This wasn't a big room, but people were crammed in like sardines. And there was a lot of sweat and a lot of body odor. But I, I made sure I stayed out of there uh, after the morning session when the Alabama fans were there. Well, Freddie, you mentioned that you thought uh, the sort of storyline were, were the suspension issues. And I, I, I agree with that. There seemed to be two sort of uh, carryaway tense moments. The first was Dan Mullen when Kyle Tucker asked him about the suspension and said something to the effect of, you know, would you feel the same way about taking in this player? For people who don't know, quickly, uh, Mississippi State brought in a player from high school who there's a video of him hitting a woman, and uh, they're not going to suspend him, which is amazing. Um, and, And Kyle Tucker asked him and said, well, if it was your wife or girlfriend, would you handle it differently? And then Dan Mullen, in one of the most tone-deaf responses I've ever heard in my life, said, well, I don't think my wife or daughter would be in that situation, which is crazy. What was the room like during that, and did it come off as badly in person as it did when I read about it later? In the, in the, we were in the main media room, and the situation was brought up, Matt, and Dan Mullen said in our room that he had very little to do with the decision. And then he left our room and went to the room where oh, Kyle was at. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then, then they were talking about the thorough investigation, and my thought automatically went to, okay, uh, Strickland, the AD, and the Chancellor of Mississippi State, I guess I guess YouTube has not crossed those state lines into Mississippi because that would be all the research that I would need to do. Uh, Mullen was tone deaf. I think the even more despicable part of the, of the story is, of uh, Simmons is he is going to possibly wear the number 36, which is, which is a sacred number at Mississippi State, 
due to the fact that Nick Bell wore it his first two years at oh, State, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was diagnosed with cancer that, yeah. and passed away. So it's it's like the Chucky Mullins number at Ole Miss, and one to admit this this player, two to suspend him for one game only, and three to allow him to unretire number to wear. Uh, Mississippi State, in my in my point, uh, my viewpoint, I held them at a high level. I have respect for Starkville. I really respect Dan Mullen as a football coach and what Strickland's done there. But the Mississippi State brand was dented tremendously in my eyes uh, when they was on the podium and the whole day that Mississippi State was in Hoover. A strong statement. Let me ask you this, though, Freddie, about that. Cause it, all right, so I'll give you my take that's a little different. I, when a kid like that comes up, I don't necessarily want them at Kentucky because I think you're bringing the drama that we saw at Mississippi State. But for right. me, I don't have a problem with a school taking that kid. Now, I think he should be suspended, go through counseling, et cetera. But I don't like the notion, and again, I'm, I'm not saying this is perfect, but I think to myself, okay, if this kid is not allowed to play college football, what happens to his life then? Isn't there a better chance of him having a productive life and not repeating this behavior if he is in a structure of college football? Not to excuse, believe me, not excuse what happened. It was awful. But am I wrong about that? I mean, don't you think it's better that he play somewhere than for all colleges to shun him? Maybe he doesn't even get to go to college? What, what do you think? I think what the circumstances override uh, the fact of co- or the uh, possibility of playing college football. And I think for me, the the tone deafness of Dan Mullen. Okay, but that's a different. I mean, that's different during, though, yeah. Freddie. Freddie, that's a different. I mean, leave Dan Mullen out. Okay, I, he was ridiculously right. tone deaf. Leave that out. Yeah, he was. I'm just talking as about. Do him, you think yeah. that kid should be allowed to play football somewhere, or do you think it's like we should just say, "Well, screw it, you're done." At which point, isn't he much more likely to do much more negative behavior? But that that's on that individual. He shouldn't have done that in the first place. But he did. But they decided not to charge him, Freddie. I mean, at some point, don't you don't you get a chance to move on with your life? Well, if if that situation would have happened and he to try to transfer to the southeast, he couldn't do it. I agree. He couldn't do it. So that's a double standard. The rule in my eyes. So I mean, I I I get your point, but I think a one game suspension and allowing him to to wear thirty six. Okay, I, whole, that's the, I agree. I don't. I don't want to focus. I, I agree with you. That that totally agree with you on that part. Yeah. But I'm talking bigger yeah. picture, Freddie, than Mississippi State. I'm just saying in general, yeah. if every school did what you said, then that yeah. kid's life could be ruined by what is a terrible act. But do we want right. to? Do we want to ruin a kid's life over a terror over one terrible act? Yeah, that's a great point. And and the commissioner talked about that. I can see both sides. Uh, but I do see your point, and I, I'm all for rehabilitation, training, education, uh, like Saban was talking about with Cam Robinson and those guys. So uh, I see both points. But as far as me, I would I, if you do admit him, sit him out for a year. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, I, I'm and with have you. mandatory training for a year. Totally, yeah. totally. Not, I can totally agree with that. Play this one season. Yeah, so totally one game is a joke. Totally agree with you. All right, Nick, let me ask you about UK for a second. Uh, Mark Stoops got up there, and I think I think you tweeted something to the effect of he doesn't look comfortable in that setting with all of those media. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah, and especially when he left the local media and how well he came across there. 
Um, there were a few different things he said, like when he talked about Matt Elam, it was very inter- intimate. Um, he came across as like a real father figure, and especially, you know, you hear the we're going to turn it around kind of talk. When he was speaking with us and just talking about we're tired of being close, it felt more real in that small room. And then he goes into the big room, and he's following up Nick Saban, who all the crowd was there for, and then Brett Lima, who was the biggest winner of the week. He was Spurrier part two. That's a tough role, yeah, for those for him. Exactly. And, and he said a lot of the same stuff, but it, it didn't come across as well. But, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's hard for anybody to do, let alone do it with Mark Stoops following those two guys and then Odom and Mizzou who didn't have a prayer. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Uh, there wasn't a ton of player news. Let me ask you. I want Nick, and then Freddie, you can respond as well. Nick, when he, when he talked about Drew Barker, it seemed to me reading and looking at it that I, I don't get the sense that they project confidence in him. I get the sense that they like project confidence. In some places, receiver, running back, secondary. But when he talks about Drew Barker, it's almost like it sounds like it's more like I hope it's I hope he's good. I think he'll be good. I hope he's good. Do you get that sense or no? Um, I think the word the words he uses he's at ease, and I think the way he talks about it or doesn't talk about it is that he doesn't want it to be a focus. Every year, there's been some kind of quarterback competition, and that's been what everything's centered around, and. I think this is more of a calculated move to take the pressure off him because I think they do have a lot of faith in him. They're more worried about other parts. But where do you think they're offense, worried? They're not going to. Who do you think they're worried? They think they're, where oh, are they off, worried about? Offensive tackle and defensive line. They're, okay. they're, no doubt about it. Uh, he talked about both spots a lot, especially defensive line and getting a pass rush. And that's where they're trying to figure out to do with Denier Laster um, if he's going to play outside or inside because Bonner won't be able to be a pass rusher until halfway through the season now that he's arriving late. Freddie, what do you think about what I said about about Stoops and Barker? The only statement that I heard him counter that is he, uh, in the local media uh, gathering, he said uh, Drew Barker has the keys to the program. That was the, that was the most confident statement, or if you can measure that as a, as a confident statement that he had in Drew Barker, it's obvious that Barker's this guy. Uh, but I, I agree with Stoops, and my take is not only on Barker, but that, that defensive front seven, I don't know what to expect against Southern Miss. Uh, I, I don't have this great, warm feeling from what I saw to Drew Barker last year. I mean, you look at the Louisville game where he struggled bodily. He didn't look all that great against Charlotte, granted the bad weather, and it was a blowout. But uh, from, from an uninspiring body of work in 2015, I have concerns going into 16. Uh, I saw some development in the spring, but it's a wait-and-see situation with Drew Barker, I think, with Mark Stoops as well as myself. Okay. Uh, I want to take a, just pause right here to tell you, uh, you know, Freddie's a fashionable guy, Nick. We know that. Like, he, he's got – and I give you credit too, Nick. You wore like a blazer. I saw you on TV a couple times. I was very impressed. You both looked the part. So, I'm going to tell you what. We brought our A game. You did. And I'm going to tell you what. If you guys go to jackirwin.com, you're going to be excited about this, and you find a reasonably priced pair of shoes, Uncle Matt will pay for them. How's that? As a prize Ooh. for you going to uh, to media days. Freddie, will you take me up on oh. that? 
Absolutely. Now, as we get through with this. All right, I have to reimburse you for it, but I'm I'm serious, Nick. Now I'm, I'm, you got to do it by like Monday, but go to jackerwin.com, J A C K E R W I N.com. They have all kinds of great shoes, constructed high quality shoes. You can't find shoes like this at most stores in Kentucky. No offense to stores in Kentucky. Great, well constructed, and nice looking shoes. Founded by two guys who said, Look, they lived in a place kind of like Kentucky where you couldn't get great shoes, and they said, All right, we're going to make it online where everybody can do it. They got shoes made in Spain and Portugal and other places where men's shoes are handcrafted to last. Great-looking shoes. I have a couple pairs. You can get them, too. JackIrwin.com, E-R-W-I-N.com. Use the promo code Matt. Now, Freddie, Nick, you have to use the promo code Matt because I, I want my 15% off, okay? So so make sure you use it because if you don't, oh. all right, Freddie, won't forget it. you're going to use the promo code I'm Matt? A, absolutely. I, I just pulled it up on the uh, on my computer right now, and I see two or three pairs I like. All right, so JackIrwin.com. So, I'm all in. J-A-C-K-E-R-W-I-N.com. Promo code Matt. I'm going to pay Freddie and 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 Nick back. I will not pay you the listener back for the shoes you get, but I promise you, if you go, you'll find shoes that you like at JackIrwin.com. Again, promo code Matt, fifty percent off. So there you go. You all didn't know you were going to get that prize, but you all did such a good job. I wanted to to reward you for the for the good work. They, well, thank you. They look like the shoes that Cal wears without any socks on, so that's why I like them. Exactly. They are very. They are very nice. Now, uh, very fashionable. Um, give me all right. So, give me some buzz a little bit on some folks. Uh, Matt Matt Elam. Uh, it's is he is he is he is he good? Is he bad? Is what, what's going to happen? We'll start with you, Freddie. What's going to happen when I see Matt Elam? Well, I agree with Nick. When, when again, when Stoops talked to the local media, he showed compassion and, and a side of Matt Elam that. That almost uh, when he said, "Well, we does everything in the training center. He's done everything we asked him to." Referring to his weight, we've had him counseling and we've done this. But when he leaves the training facility, that tells me that there there is issue, there are issues there with Matt uh, with his with his weight problem. But as far as just football production, I overheard Booger McFarland and Marcus Spears talking that a guy that size in today's game is not going to make a lot of noise because of the East West nature of offense and yes. fast pace, no huddle. So I think Matt, Matt Edom's best-case scenario uh, to be a successful player at Kentucky is to be a first and second down player, get off the field, bring in a pass rusher. But is it the, is that is that Matt – like when you say that, that's interesting what you say about guys like him won't necessarily make a huge impact. Are, are guys like that right. just destined to no longer play football, or is it just you got to have somebody there, but it's like people will never know who that person is? You don't see a lot of people with that size playing uh, football anymore. Look at Alabama's front four last year. Their heaviest guy was 305. Missouri has uh, arguably the best front four in the SEC and, and the country possibly, and their heaviest player is 310. So uh, the bigger size defensive linemen are kind of phasing out in college football. However, they're still valuable in the NFL where you go against professional offenses that still run the football and you need that run stuffer. So all Matt Adam has to do to be successful is to play first and second down and, and, and take the, occupy the center and one or two blockers. He doesn't have to make a lot of tackles. He's not going to make a lot of sacks, but contain and make a, a, a barricade for, the, for opposing running backs. All right, Nick, uh, UK sent three guys down there, Courtney Love, JoJo Kemp and John Toth. JoJo Kemp was like the star from a personality perspective. <laughs> what, what happened with him? Why it seemed like everybody fell in love with him? 
Well, no offense to the other guys, but JoJo was the personality. It's kind of hard to interview Courtney Love when you can't ask him about any of his playing before because he hasn't played yet. And John Toth, he's an and engineer. I got a twenty-minute. I got a twenty-minute. I got a twenty-minute interview out of Courtney Love at signing day. You just got to work for it, Nick. Okay, I thought he was good, uh, but anyway, go ahead with JoJo. Well, it's because JoJo was so easy, and the, we've seen JoJo. Like I remember, he was one of the first guys I covered. The first easy quote when he was a freshman and it was Stoops' first season. And then he got himself into trouble, and he, he kind of calmed down a little bit. But you saw this the maturation of a guy. He's the senior leader. He's consistently got better. And I thought what I thought was funny is that he said before that he had never been a vocal leader. He just tried to lead by example. It's like, oh, well, if you haven't been a vocal leader before, I'm sure you're going to be extremely loud this fall. But it was just nice to see the maturation process with him because for the first time in a while, you really feel confident in a, in a couple of leaders on uh, both sides of the ball that are actually seniors. So not a lot of upperclassmen, but enough. Freddie, I always – JoJo's weird to me because, like, the South Carolina game, one of our best wins, he was the – you know, he ran the, the, the Wildcat, and that's why we won. But then sometimes it's like he doesn't play. How do, how do I judge JoJo Kemp? Well, it's hard – it's hard to judge him because the way Chad Scott subbed had no rhyme or reason. So I don't know who to put that on because they used Boom and JoJo and Horton all at weird points. Um, and I think looking forward, though, the way that Eddie Grant approaches his running backs, it's all about what you can give him. He's very no-nonsense. So whoever's putting in the work on the practice field and doing everything right in the film room is going to be the one that gets the carries. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays, how much compared to Boom he plays, um, because it's all earned in what he's done off the field. And I think JoJo's going to have the right to get the first carries of the season. Freddie, I know your man John Toth. Uh, I mean, I, I, you may have proposed to him during the thing. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, but, but you've been talking about him for a couple years, and I do think fans, though, should appreciate the kid. He was a two-star recruit. He came in. His only other offers were from Mac schools. He was a joker recruit. And he's now one of the best centers in the country, probably the best player on the team. He will probably play in the NFL I mean, and he's, like, got an engineering degree. I mean, he's, like, majoring in something real. That kid really is the best of what you would hope and like a football student athlete to be, right? Exactly. I got, two years ago, uh, I named him the offensive MVP, and everybody thought I was crazy last year, offensive MVP. They think I was as crazy, but now – uh, in first, second team, uh, SEC, one of the better centers in, in the country. I uh, will have a long NFL career, uh, but he does everything that he's asked to do. Uh, I talked to him in the interview room. He said for a 7 a.m. workout, he goes to bed at 9 o'clock at night, wakes up at 5 to make sure he hydrates and gets proper nutrition so he's ready to, to be prepared for that 7 a.m. workout. And also they have studies now that if you get more than eight hours of sleep of night, at night, that reduces your likelihood of injury by 36% or something of that nature. And, and Coach Stoops or Mark Stoops kept saying that, that John Toth lives at this facility, lives in the building. He's a workout junkie. Uh, and then he studies. And he's got an engineering degree, working on a Spanish degree. Uh, his on-the-field play is really what got me interested in watching his game. I think he's got all the tools 
all the uh, the mental capabilities to play center and to play it at the highest level there is in college football. So uh, I know everybody thought I was weird with my strange uh, fascination with John Toast, but just glad <laughs> to see that come to fruition and, and the national and regional riders were talking about the same things that I've been seeing the last couple of years. So it was almost vindication for my man crush. Yes, well, yeah, still, <laughs> though, there's, there's a little bit of like, hey, calm down just a little bit, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just kidding with you. All right, so let, let, let's finish with this. I'll start with you, Nick. If we're going to start practice here in, in a week or two, what – Going into fall camp, or I don't know why they call it fall camp when it starts in late July and August, but going into camp, are you – tell me where do you think the team is? I'm not going to ask you to predict wins, but do you feel good about where they are uh, getting ready to go into camp? When I was going down in media days, I didn't want to get too high or too low on anybody because it is just talking season. But it gave you a chance to really compare yourself to the rest of the league. And the way they voted in the East. Yeah, put Kentucky fourth. Kind of help. Put Kentucky fourth? Yeah, they put Kentucky fourth because it's Tennessee at the very top. Florida and Georgia are competing for second, and then it's the other four. And I don't see why not with Kentucky. They have the three deep in most positions. You have some concern on the pass rush and offensive tackle. But other than that, there's a lot you can trust. And the schedule, they get to play two of those three teams at home. And Columbia, Missouri, isn't exactly the most hostile place to play. So it gave me a chance to just think about the league more. And I'm more confident than I thought I'd be, but I'm still just trying not to get too – my hopes are too high just to kind of keep it low. But, I mean, anything can happen this year. And even though the schedule looks hard because you're going on the road to Alabama, those other three games that you have to win and you can win, Look very winnable. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Uh, fourth in the SEC East going into camp, Freddie, is that where you would put them? That's where I did put them, Matt. I, uh, Nick and I got to vote. Oh, you mean they let us? It, they let KSR people vote for real? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I Boy, think the, but the email came out. Times have changed. The email came out, Matt, and, and I returned it in about. 3.5 seconds. I mean, I had mine ready to go. I had research. I asked Nick. I had my field still out. I had all my books, and, and I voted immediately back. And I do think Kentucky, there, there's a group of three in the East. Tennessee, obviously, is the best team. Georgia, Florida right there. I think Florida is a, is a sneaky team this year in the East and, and overall in the SEC do that defense. But Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri, I think, are, 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 are similar I think South Carolina is significantly lesser than those three, so I'll put them at seventh without any hesitation. But you get South Carolina, you get Vanderbilt at home. So a win at Columbia, Missouri, you're looking at automatically bowl eligibility if, if the other games go the right way. So I think fourth is the right spot for Kentucky in the East. Uh, but we're still waiting. We've also got to vote for the all-SEC team. That's not came out yet, but I found it interesting that, you know, there's 1,500 registered or certified media personnel at this thing. Now, there's probably about 400 of them that are really not media. Somebody voted Vanderbilt, South Carolina, uh, number one overall to to win the the SEC championship. And I want to go back to the lobby thing that Nick Nick was talking about earlier. I figured out some of those guys were were scammers because I came in one day, they'd be wearing an Alabama (laughs) hat. The next day, they'd be wearing a, a Georgia hat. 
then a Kentucky hat, whatever. And they have bags of gear that I guarantee you all that stuff's on eBay. So you had your Bama crazy, and then you had the folks there to get autographs and put it and sell them. So there's a combination that it, the whole experience, you just got to see it to understand. It's crazy. Well, listen, I, you guys did a great job. If you haven't seen it, go to KentuckySportsRadio.com. Uh, have you all put the post up yet with all your links, or is that going up tomorrow? That'll be up tonight. Tonight, so. okay, cool. Yeah, it has the links of everything they wrote. They wrote a ton of stuff. They did a ton of work. Uh, also, they did a podcast, which is on a podcast. This is the Matt Jones podcast feed, but we also have a Kentucky Sports Radio podcast feed, which has a football podcast with these guys, uh, and Jared Lorenzen. We had Tyler Thompson. A lot of podcasts go up on there, so subscribe. They did a daily one from each day of Media Day. What was it like sharing a room for four days? Uh, J- Jen Smith from the Herald got on me for for you all sharing a room. Uh, said I was being cheap, <laughs> but what, what what was that like? It was nice. We watched football at night. Freddie, Freddie likes watching football. We watched <laughs> Arkansas Ole Miss from last year, and we uh, made fun of the announcers for being terrible. <laughs> well, Freddie, uh, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be awful, Matt, because you know there's about a thirty years age difference between Nick and I. Uh, but he was a, he was a respectable young man. He was he was nice. He uh, he kept <laughs> the room neat. I didn't have to yell at him. I didn't have to give him a curfew. He behaved himself, and uh, it was fun. It was good because seriously. I mean, it's re- you get rarely do you get fresh air because you go to the uh, the thing that hosts the uh, media days and you come back to the hotel, go back to eat, and then you were writing free stories until midnight, then start all over again. Well, but uh, it was fun. I enjoyed. Well, I'm glad you all did. You did a great job. So again, go out and uh, and check it out on KentuckySportsRadio.com. And folks, thank you very much for listening. The next time you hear from me, we'll be at the conventions uh, on Monday. Myself, Ryan, and Drew will be there, and we'll try to do podcasts uh, throughout. Nick, uh, Freddie, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Matt. Good work. All right. Yeah, seriously, though. We'll be safe. We will. Thanks. Send lawyers, guns, and money.